Alrighty, hello again everyone and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the second day of November 2022. Happy Wednesday? Wednesday, yes. It is Wednesday. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. I want to get to it as quickly as possible. So let me just tell you, ask you, implore you to go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com. Sign up to support the program. <clears throat> Sign up to help me pay these emergency room visit bills. Huh? Be nice. What a better way to end 2022 together than an electoral victory and, uh, well, at least a probable, hopeful electoral victory and unburdening your conscience for getting all this free content. But you can also win books, so it ain't all totally true. So and go buy, go win the $1.2 billion Powerball or Mega Millions, whatever the hell it is. I'm not asking for the whole 1.2 billion. Uh, 10 million will do. 10 million. Come on. Thought we were friends. Anyway, I want to get right to the news. So thank you for listening. Action-packed program, as always. I mean, come on. Who are you kidding? I, I'll just give you a quick recap about Halloween, though, because the the bounty was plentiful. It was amazing. I never. First of all, I don't know when it stopped. But was there anything worse than getting pennies? Was there, was there anything worse? Somebody give you pennies? The only thing worse than getting pennies when they throw... They, yeah, candy corn sucks, too. They, we got two packages of candy corn, meaning one girl each got one package of candy corn. Uh, they know what it is. They've never had it, and they wouldn't try it if you bribed them. But uh, they like, oh, candy corn. Uh, so it's ubiquitous in the culture. But I remember as a kid, pennies. You'd go up there, trick-or-treat, and you'd start with your little bucket, and you'd hear the clang of um, pennies going in there. Every once in a while, somebody would throw a nickel in there. There was the occasional quarter. That was big spending time. But uh, the worst was worse than just five pennies, because what do you do with a penny? Can you buy penny gum for a penny? I remember there was a penny gum dispenser at the uh, bank back when I was a kid, and then it went up to a nickel. Like, you know, you put the thing in, you slide the thing side to side, and the little one gumball comes out. Every once in a while, you got two gumballs, and you felt like you robbed the bank. Like, oh, God, I got two gumballs for a penny. <laughs> Screw you, the man. But then it went up to a nickel. I don't even know how you retrofit that thing for a nickel, or if they replaced it or what. And uh, it was over. It was game over. I don't know that I ever got another gumball when it went up to a nickel. Uh, not because I couldn't afford a nickel or my parents couldn't afford a nickel. It was the principle of the thing. So, but, uh, yeah, you throw the pennies in there and you couldn't do anything with pennies. And then you'd always end up with like 37 cent pennies. Like, what do you, you can't roll them. You can't do anything with them. You're not going to lug 37 pennies around. Like, what do you do with this stuff? But there's nobody giving out change anymore. Nobody's giving out. It was all candy. There was one group. This is a woman who looked just like Ann Coulter. Swear to God. I had to like do a double take. Um, lived on the, uh. Next, I was wearing a giant dog head, like a mascot, like a, that was my, I'd wear that when we went up to the houses and you'd think with the giant eye holes with the air thing, you think it would be cooler than it is, but it's not. It's like wearing a carpet on your head. But eventually I had to take it off and dump their excess candy in it because they were complaining about how heavy their buckets were. But on the other side, this Ann Coulter house, man, they were giving out full-sized everything. They had it like 
I have been in liquor stores that didn't have the uh, the selection or the quantity of candy bars that these people had. And the girls were like, oh, I'll take a lollipop. Like, oh, come on, man. Go right there. Hershey's with almonds. What do you... I know they don't like the almonds, but come on, hook a brother up. They uh, they do like the, uh, they call it she chocolate. Hershey's, they may, I don't know, we're at uh, CVS. For some reason, Bailey's favorite store is CVS. And we go to uh, there because they have a toy section. And that was like where she was thinking you always get toys from. So we go to uh, CVS and they had Hershey's bars up there. And the she in the middle of it is like in purple or pink or whatever. And oh, she chocolate. Quinn recognized she, she, it's she chocolate. So I bought some. And ever since then, Hershey's is she chocolate, which is fine. And it's actually been quite helpful because Bailey was, uh, now this is probably getting into the too much information thing, but, you know, the kids will get old enough one day to resent me for telling embarrassing stories about them. But uh, so what? Uh, <laughs> good fodder. And it's funny. Bailey is now finally, she's been good about going number one on the potty, but she has been very reluctant in going number two on the potty. But with the help and bribery of she chocolate, she has now moved. She has crossed the Rubicon. She has entered the realm of big girl territory and is using the potty for number two as well upon the promise of three squares of she ch- Well, it depends on how long it's been. Sometimes one square, sometimes three squares, every once in a while two squares of her- Hershey bar, she chocolate. And it's worked for like the last two weeks. So anything that gets her out of pull-ups, which gets pull-ups out of my wallet, I am absolutely 100% in favor of. And now I just restocked with a bunch of uh, sheet chocolate that I don't have to worry about going out and buying that crap anymore. So congratulations. But I, uh, I'll tell you just one last thing about me to tell you how neurotic I am about my writing and dyslexia. I had, uh, you know, we all went out trick-or-treating it wasn't like uh, the wife took the kids and i stayed home and passed out the candy there's a lot of kids in the neighborhood or that uh, i went out with the kids and the wife stayed home and passed it out no we we all went out so that meant i did the honor system i put the big bowl of i bought the giant bag of junk from uh, costco poured it into a big bowl and set it on a chair put some had some helium left over from uh, bailey's birthday party i put four balloons helium balloons tied to it said wrote a note that said uh something like uh happy halloween help yourself take take a take more than a few but not too many or something like that it took me three times to write something that basic on there because i was dropping letters mixing up letters i felt like john fetterman but not really that's just dyslexia and when i sit there and i try and address a uh an envelope Forget it. I, if I if I don't have three envelopes, just in case, I get wildly nervous about it. And I'm just like, what do I do? What if I screw up and I like will skip a letter or skip a number and then I have to go back and turn a letter into something? And I'm convinced that there's no way the machines will work and read that address. I get absolutely paranoid. That's why I've slowly adopted paying bills online because I don't have to address it. Even though, like most bills, you just stick it in their pre-addressed envelope. But still, anyway, so I hope your Halloween was good. And surprisingly, we came home, we dumped out all the, the dog's head thing on the 
the floor, went through, threw out some of the, I don't know, the the weirder looking things where you're just like, what is this? Is this candy? Is this homemade candy? What? Eh, not interested. And stuff I knew the girls would never eat, which is some weird, like I put the gummy bears aside. They'll never touch that, but I'll eat them. And uh, the girls, after about 20 minutes of excitement, were very tired and lay down. And you're like, do you think they'd be eating candy? And I said, all right, anybody, last piece of candy before I put the candy away. And to their credit, Quinn was like, and I've had enough candy. Really? And I, would, I would have been eating until I vomited, but uh, good on you. Good on you. Anyway, like I say, there's a lot going on, and uh, we'll get to all of it. We'll start with the Pelosi update. It really is amazing how the uh, the media is circling the wagons. They're try- they're going to try and ride this. Oh my God! Their Republicans are inciting violence, garbage, all the way to the end. They really are. They're going to try to milk this cow all the way to the finish line about Paul Pelosi. Now this guy who attacked Paul Pelosi. Look, there's no doubt this guy has mental problems. He should go to jail. He should get help or whatever. But he should go to jail. If he had attacked anybody else, he would have been out already. There would have been no cash bail. He would have been released without any problem, without any issues, no questions asked. But because he attacked Paul Pelosi, it's now a federal crime. It's weird. I don't know if the guy who attacked, who, was, who came to town to kill Brett Kavanaugh was charged with a federal crime. Maybe he was. I don't know. But I don't rem- That's the thing. You can't find the news coverage about it because they don't really care. They never really gave a damn about the guy who came and tried to kill Brett Kavanaugh. And by the way, three or two other Supreme Court justices. They didn't really care about that guy. Non-story. But the San Francisco Chronicle reports the ex-girlfriend of David DePape or DePape or whatever the hell his name is, the suspect in the Paul Pelosi attack, says that mental illness and drug use caused him to deteriorate so profoundly that he was convinced, he grew convinced that he was, quote, Jesus for a year. The guy thought he was Jesus Christ. But it's Republican rhetoric, the dangerous Republican rhetoric. He is a right winger. No, he's not. He's not a right winger. He lives in a BLM Antifa house. But the left is going to try and ride this. Why? Because the alternative would be to try to convince you that you have it better than you know, which isn't really a strong argument to make. It's a tough argument to make. That's like convincing somebody that they're really smart or something. Like I, no, no, no. You're dumb. Well, uh, you're not. You're not smart. You know you're smart. You know you're not smart. You know, whatever you are, you know you are. You know, some trying to convince somebody, no, you're good looking. You got that friend. Like, come on. Look, I know you wanted to ask out Giselle Bunchen, and you sent her an email and she said no, but you know, you're a hell of a catch. You're an unemployed barista who uh, chain smokes and has you know, hygiene issues. Who wouldn't want to go out with you? Eh, not really the easiest case to make. But they're trying to convince the public that this mentally deranged person was somehow inspired by Republican rhetoric living inside a liberal bubble inside in Berkeley, California. I don't even know. Do they allow you to go to a conservative website in Berkeley, California? I'm not really sure. 
said the imprisoned longtime partner of David DePape, the suspect in the attack. Yeah, you read that right. The imprisoned. This is the San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, the suspect in the attack on U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul. Good Lord. It's a long mouthful said Sunday that mental illness and drug use had caused him to deteriorate so profoundly that he once grew convinced that he was Jesus for a year. Quote, he's never been able to hold a job, Oxan Gypsy Tob said Sunday evening. That just gives you just the name. Oxan Gypsy, Gypsies in parentheses, so that, or in quotations, so that must be the nickname. Oxan Gypsy Tob said Sunday evening, Quote, he has been homeless. This person really does suffer from mental illness, and that is probably why he was there at 2 a.m. Taub, 53, said her one-time boyfriend, who appears to have spent recent weeks posting right-wing conspiracy theories onto personal websites with no apparent audience. That's the weird thing. Suddenly, all of these postings show up. Oh, look, he's a right-winger. Yeah, those websites have been live for a good 7 to 12 hours. And then they were deleted. It's amazing. It's a miracle. They were deleted while he was in custody. How did he manage to do that? That's a, that's a neat trick. Anyway, uh, quote, is a broken child in an adult body with serious mental problems. Tob spoke in an hour-long phone interview from the California Institution for Women in Corona, where she is serving time for attempting to abduct a 14-year-old boy in Berkeley with whom she had become obsessed. <laughs> You're dealing with some really interesting people here, to put it mildly. Yeah, isn't it? Taub remembered to Pape, uh, 42, as a shy and sweet person who once supported her well-documented fight against San Francisco's public nudity laws. <laughs> Quote, David never appeared nude in any of my events, even though he was encouraged to. He was uncomfortable. But there she is. I mean, it's a, it's a picture from the top of the chest up, so there's nothing shown. But there's a picture of her back a few years ago, 2015, at a pro-nudity thing with a whole bunch of nudists around her. When the pair met in Hawaii, in what always amazes me is how these people with massive drug addictions, serious mental problems, and inability to hold jobs, they seem to be living their best lives. you got to give them credit for that. An illegal alien from Canada overstays his visa, has no, no qualms, can't hold, a, can't hold a job, can't legally work. But he was in Hawaii in 2000. Were you in Hawaii in 2000? I wasn't in Hawaii in 2000. How the hell does this guy get to Hawaii? These people, they live in Berkeley, California. Now, granted, he lived in a, a hollowed-out school bus. But even a hollowed-out school bus in Berkeley, California, anywhere near a, a, you know an hour's drive from Silicon Valley will probably cost you five, six grand a month. <laughs> the pair met in Hawaii in 2000. She said to Papi, quote, didn't know anything about politics, but came to share her fervor for many progressive causes. What? That's not what Joy Reid told me on MSNBC. <sighs> Though Taub also espoused conspiracy theories about September 2001 terror attack in New York and Washington, D.C. Those are progressive conspiracy theories. I know that the left likes to try and pretend that, oh, no, no, only the right has conspiracy theories. No, no, no. 
The idea, because the conspiracy theory about uh, September 11th is what? It's not that the attacks didn't happen, although there are some kooks who do that. There's always, oh, the CIA blew up Tower 7. CIA. Spare me the emails, by the way, if you believe that. But the CIA blew up Tower 7, that's, or Tower 5, or whatever the hell it was. But these are left-wingers. The conspiracy theories about 9-11 are all left-wingers. Bush knew. Bush let it happen. Bush knew and let it happen because he wanted to go to war for oil or whatever. His buddies at Halliburton were going to profiteer from So they let it happen. Those are the conspiracy theories, aside from the one tower. They're that and the nuts who say that the, it wasn't a plane that hit the Pentagon. It was a rocket. Oh, it was a missile, was it? So that, that plane load of people that just miraculously disappeared, they... Instead of using the plane, they decided to land the plane, murder everybody, and then launch a missile into the Pentagon rather than just fly a plane into the Pentagon. That's a hell of a conspiracy theory. Either that or the, everybody on the plane was in on it. They all decided, ah, to hell with our families and our lives. This is much more important. Let's, let's all pretend to be dead and uh, just disappear. And although those are left-wingers, those are radical left-wingers. I don't think he became a Trump supporter, Taub said. He was against the government, but if anything, he was opposed to the shadow government, against the people who really run government and use politicians like puppets, like Trump was a puppet. David and I were against the shadow government. Authorities say DePape, who most recently lived in Richmond, broke into the Pelosi home Friday morning, blah, 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 blah. Those things you won't... This is the San Francisco Chronicle. This is not the right-wing post. Pointing out this guy was down with the progressive cause, mentally ill, and yet the entire narrative, Morning Joe, nonstop. Well, these right-wingers, they're inspiring violence amongst their followers. <laughs> I think it's Morning Joe's audience that was going to decrease by one, while this, well, they probably allow them to watch Morning Joe in prison. They shouldn't. There are rules and laws against cruel and unusual punishment, but, you know, whatever. By the way, if you want to see it, I posted some pictures of the girls at uh, patreon.com slash Podcast. Uh, they're standing up. They're both Elsa, so you can check that out. And Bailey in one of them is wearing the giant dog head that I wore. Because she just put it on. so there you, And they're standing in front of like this dollhouse that's so heavy. I bought it at a garage sale for 25 bucks on Saturday. I couldn't believe it was 25 bucks. So I was like, saw it as I was driving past and circled back and said, how much? 25 bucks. Sold. And it was full of furniture and everything. You'd, literally, it barely fit in the car. But it's uh, only four rooms. Very cool. Very cool. So check that out. It's open to everybody. You don't have to be a member to see them. So patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast. See the cutest kids in the world. Okay, so, uh, yeah, this Pelosi story, there's still some questions, some unanswered questions. You're not allowed to ask the questions, like, how did he get in? It seems very weird that this guy, now, if you really want a testament to somebody's mental instability, the guy comes in, attacks Paul Pelosi. This is all according to the police report. Comes in, attacks Paul Pelosi says, where's Nancy? He says, she's not going to be home for a couple of days. So he decides that he's going to keep him, hold him hostage, 
and he wanted to allegedly break her kneecaps. This is all supposedly what he told police. Yeah. I uh, Then Paul somehow goes to the bathroom while being held hostage by this crazed man trying to do as much damage to Nancy. Look, if, you're, if you want to kill Nancy Pelosi or attack Nancy Pelosi or damage Nancy Pelosi or force Nancy Pelosi or whatever you want to do to Nancy Pelosi, and you, you, you want to hurt her in some way, you probably wouldn't take her husband casually hostage to the point that when he says, hey, before you tie me up, can I go to the bathroom? Oh, yeah, sure. And he weirdly apparently had his phone in the bathroom, called 911, was caught on the phone with 911 somehow. And that's another weird thing is if this guy isn't mentally deranged and he's trying to hold you hostage and you say, I got to go tinkle and you're taking too long or he hears you talking in the bathroom and comes in and sees you on the phone um, and you refer to him as, no, 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 you're speaking in code to the 911 dispatcher where you say, I'm here with my friend, David. You know the guy's, how do you know the guy's name already? Did you have like a formal introduction? How long was this whole ordeal? Very bizarre, seemingly. And then you end up with him, uh, like I say, talking to 911. The 911 dispatcher radios the police and say, you know, he's there with his friend. He said he's there with his friend, David. Okay. Now, maybe Paul was at the wherewithal of saying to police, no, 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 we're friends. Be calm, be calm, be calm. Seems unlikely. When you're alone in the bathroom, you might go, there's a crazed man in my house. Please come. But whatever. Uh, strange things, situational. I wouldn't judge somebody for how they managed to get through that. But then when police showed up, they didn't seem to know who was which person, who didn't belong there. They were fighting and so they grabbed both of them. It just, the whole scene seems a little weird. It's a horrible situation, but it is hardly political. Yet, the left is going berserk over this still, because what else do they have? Carrie Lake said that, uh, quote, Nancy Pelosi, well, she's got protection when she's in D.C. Apparently, her house doesn't have a lot of protection, which is true. Oh, no, the left is going and gets a big laugh from a crowd of Arizonans who uh, talk about Paul Pelosi being violently assaulted, violently attacked. Okay, are you not allowed to talk about it? The media is now trying to get Republicans to pull ads down that mention how closely tied to Nancy Pelosi some of these left wingers are. Some of these members of Congress are. She votes with Nancy Pelosi 100% of the time. You're demonizing Nancy Pelosi, said Margaret Brennan of of, uh, CBS News. You're demonizing Nancy Pelosi. Shouldn't you maybe pull that ad down? Why? Is it inaccurate in some way, shape, or form? Is it? When you talk about the radicals on the Supreme Court ripping rights away from women in campaign ads from Democrats... Oh, they're ripping rights away from people. They're just blah, 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 blah. Um, After that guy tried to kill Brett Kavanaugh, is that ad appropriate? Should those ads be? It's different, though. It's different. Why? Because one man who's a lunatic tried to do something. One leftist who's a lunatic tried to do something. Suddenly, I'm sure this guy is more confused than he normally is. Like, wait a second, I'm MAGA? 
I'm a nudist, left-wing activist, illegal alien from Canada who lives in a van in a school bus parked outside a BLM Antifa house. And I'm a right-winger? My God, how does that happen? It happens through the sheer force of will of our moral superiors and people who have press credentials. It's just the sickest, most bizarre thing in the world. I want to play you this audio. Speaking of sick and bizarre people and things, I want to play you this audio of George Conway. Now, you probably, the, the Conway name, you know, it's Kellyanne Conway's husband. He's got some of the worst feathered hair you could ever possibly imagine. He looks straight. Uh, he like He looks like he peaked in law school in like 86 and kept the hair like you know what chicks dig me when i look like this and so he kept the hair like all right yeah no there's all sorts of other problems going on but all right you're cowlick i'm sure that's uh an aphrodisiac now but he appears on msnbc regularly because he's one of those conservatives who can't seem to find a single republican he likes now like okay congratulations he lost his mind over being never trump because he didn't get a job in the Trump administration. It's amazing how many of these never-Trumpers, these vehement never-Trumpers who insist that Trump is awful and evil and, oh, God, I hate Donald Trump, all clamored to get jobs in his administration. And when they didn't get the jobs, then they suddenly became anti-Trump. I'm not questioning their anti-Trumpness. I'm questioning their character in general. I suspect they didn't like Trump to begin with, but they saw a path to riches for themselves, and that's all they really gave a damn about. And so they tried to get a job in the administration. And for whatever reason, they didn't get it. And then they said, well, to hell with it. Now there's nothing holding me back from indulging myself. Maybe they tried to and would have, they likely would have been leakers anyway, so it's probably best. There were enough bad personnel in that decision. Anyway, he was on Morning Joe this morning talking about his... <sighs> It's just so dumb. He's, he's one of these, uh, it's a threat to our democracy. It's a threat to our democracy. He contradicts himself. He's a moron. He's a lawyer. He's billed as a conservative lawyer now. But he says something that's wildly stupid. See if you can spot it just for fun. You know, we talk about democracy being at stake in these midterm elections. And yet so many of these races are so close. So tough question. But what do you make of that? Well, what what I make of it is that people aren't concerned about abstract questions or even practical questions about the future of democracy. It's just not, you know, they're not political scientists. They're not psychologists. They're not sociologists. Uh, they worry about things that affect them on a daily basis. And that's what we saw. Um, you know, we see that those numbers about crime, immigration, uh, all sorts of things. And, you know, if this were an ordinary time, I'd still be a registered Republican and I'd vote Republican because mostly the Republican policies over the years have tended to what I would um, support. Uh, on okay, the, but, but, but today George, it doesn't matter vote, anymore. None of that for matters. Her, George, would no, you vote today. for Herschel Walker? Would you say no, that's never. Gonna, he's, there are the issues never. that impact me. Correct. I'm going to pick this candidate. He is well, fit. Would you vote for this, him? No. But, I mean, but, the, but, the, but, but the, that's the problem. I mean, the problem is we have reached this 
diseased state in the Republican Party where you're reproducing candidates. They're producing candidates like that. And to me, I can't I can't kind of relate to this whole discussion in a weird way, because mm-hmm. it's like to me, I'm a single issue voter now. And, and that single issue for me is, you know, whether or not, you know, whether or not you support a, a, a democracy or whether or not you you stand up against disinformation. And, and it is scary. It is scary. I'm a single issue voter, and here are the two issues I vote on. Wait, what? No, no, no. I'm a totally a single issue voter who cares about whether or not you care about democracy and whether or not you're going to stand up to disinformation. Well, those are two distinctly different things there, Georgie boy. What's going on? Oh, no, oh by the way, I'm sorry that a black conservative upsets your con- allegedly conservative sensibilities. Don't worry. Democrats are trying to make sure that that black man learns his place and returns to it and stays there. Yeah, no, 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 you're super conservative and you can't count. (laughs) I only care about one thing. Uh, Spending and national security as well as uh, the economy. And that's it. That's That's the one thing I care. Okay. It's like Joe Biden. But three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S. Yeah, you got the B-S part right. These people, these people would be a joke if they weren't so dangerous. Oh, by the way, I want to warn you, or give, not warn you. You don't need a warning. I'm going to give you a heads up about something that has become a new phenomenon. It became aware to me yesterday, uh, Joy Reid. On her show, she had uh, Simon Rosenberg on, big lefty. Uh, and they were talking and whining, and it was kind of funny. There's this new conspiracy theory. Now, never forget that these leftists insist that you are the conspiracy theorist. Whatever it is, unless you accept hook, line, and sinker, unless you fully Monica Lewinsky everything they say, you are a denier of reality and a conspiracy theorist, right? That's it. That's it. Except it's them. If you watch MSNBC, I don't know if you ever watched Rachel Maddow, but her entire show is one conspiracy theory after another. It's really bizarre. They talk about Tucker has longer and longer monologues now and fewer guests. Like, yeah, Rachel Maddow most of the time doesn't have guests. Now, granted, she only works one day a week now. But her show is a monologue using snippets and little pieces of information and tying them together in a way that people with uh, you know more than three brain cells look at and go, what the hell are you talking about, you, you neurotic weirdo? But, you know, what are you going to do? That's who they are. I imagine the yarn budget on the Rachel Maddow show is almost as much as her $30 million salary because you've got to draw the... The line from one to another to another to another. That it it looks like a beautiful mind or something by the time it's it's done with each monologue. You can see why she needed for mental health reasons to not do her show every day. You'll never understand why they decided, but we need to pay her thirty million dollars a year to not do her show every day. But yeah. Whatever. But there's a new conspiracy theory out there from Joy Reid. Now, this isn't that uh, evil whitey is waiting to jump out behind every bush and uh, steal every minority kid's candy, although that's one of them. This is about polling. It's kind of funny because they discussed this yesterday for quite a long period of time, that polling 
is in fact perverted, polluted. It's just not working. Polling, don't trust polling. And you sit there and you go, well, okay, don't trust polling. I get that. But it's more than that. It's not that polling is bad. It's that polling is deliberately bad, right? Polling is deliberately bad, and it's deliberately bad not in the way you might think. And if you're sitting there going, what are you talking about? Allow me to explain. See, there are legitimate polls out there, ones that Democrats win. And then there are polls that uh, the evil, evil Republicans are putting out there that show that Republicans are doing well and maybe are even in the lead. And therefore, those polls are created expressly for the purpose to damage the polling averages at 538, which is Nate Silver. It's amazing. Nate Silver, one year, he got every race right. And it was in a year when almost anybody, if most people don't sit down and predict 535 different house races. Because why would you? There's only about 20% maybe that are changeable in any realistic way, barring something massive. But he predicted all of them right. And he's been, it was like 2008. Yeah, the year, who knew? Who knew that Barack Obama was going to beat John McCain? And that might have some ripple effects and some coattails throughout Congress. And ever since then, he's been treated as though he's a soothsayer. By the way, ever since then, he's been terrible at predicting. But that's beside the point. That's beside the point. They say that at 538 and uh, at Real Clear Politics, the average of polls, which is cited by the media, that those polls are in fact cooked, that Republican polls are cooked to give advantage to Republicans to therefore pollute the real clear politics average of polls into thinking that Republican candidates are doing better than they actually are, thereby suppressing Democrat turnout. Now, if that sounds convoluted and confusing and what in the hell are you talking about, you're not alone. It, uh, you're not alone over there because it is convoluted and confusing. But it is a, an attempt to pre-plan the reaction if Democrats lose. And I say if because I don't take anything for granted. Never, ever take anything for granted and don't spike the football on the five-yard line. It's not over till it's over. That's why I say go vote. If it's early voting in your state, go vote. Well, no, voting is on. I, I agree with you. You want to put a measure on the ballot that says voting is on election day and that's it, period, end of story. I don't want to hear it. Talk to the hand. I would sign that petition. I would vote for that amendment. But unless and until that becomes the law of the land, I'm not going to not follow. I'm not going to avail myself of everything that's available to us. All right. There are plenty of rules and laws and tax codes that I think are absolute garbage. But if. Like if it's some tax write-off, whatever, I think it is. Whatever it is, I'll say this is garbage. I'll campaign against it. I'll talk about it on the show about this is garbage. This is garbage. But if it's going to save me five bucks, I'm going to avail myself of it. That doesn't make me a hypocrite. 
I would vote to repeal it, thereby doing damage to myself by $5 on my taxes. But as long as it is the law of the land, I'm going to do it. An easier way to do it. Uh, you hate jaywalking. God, jaywalking is annoying. People in the middle of the block just aimlessly walk. There's crosswalks for a reason. Go to the crosswalks. You don't get to impede traffic. I'll jaywalk. Right? You want to ban jaywalking? Jaywalking is against the law, but you want to enforce jaywalking laws? Go ahead. I would support that. Then I probably wouldn't jaywalk. If every time you jaywalked, there's like uh, somebody taking a picture of you and sending you a $50 fine, I probably wouldn't jaywalk then. But if you can get away with it, and it, or it's going to be tolerated, or you make it a non-criminal, I'd do it. All while saying jaywalking is garbage, you shouldn't do it, it should be illegal. So whatever the case is, if you're against, or look, if you're just against, what matters most is that you vote. But you never know what's going to happen on election day. Your car might not start. You might have a blowout. You might have some family emergency. Whatever the case is, and you go, ah, I just didn't, something came up and I didn't. So that's why you avail yourself of early voting. Check that box. Am I opposed to early voting? Yes. Particularly way early voting like in pennsylvania they've been voting since september that's ridiculous it's garbage when you've got frankenstein have finally having a debate and people recoiling in horror at what the democrats have put on the ballot for them and if you already voted for it and eh, sorry you're out of luck but vote that's all that matters like i say uh Grab somebody in a headlock who's like-minded and drag them with you to the polls, whether you vote early or vote day of. And if they're going to vote for Democrats, you know, throw the throw the people who are going to vote for Republicans in your car, throw the people who are going to vote for Democrats in your car too, but just in the trunk. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that, but still, you know, <clears throat> do that. Anyway, um, <laughs> The conspiracy theory, like I say, it goes that there are junk polls out there meant to pollute, pervert the polling average. Because a lot of places they don't cite, they do cite actual polls. That's what's funny about it. But then they say, then there's uh, the real clear politics average of polls. Quite frankly, they're, they're interesting, but they're not, I don't know telling each individual poll is much more useful than the average of polls but what's funny is they've really joy reed has really bought into the idea that these things are being cooked up that polling companies that republicans are spending millions of dollars on bogus polls created expressly to be bogus in order to fool democrats into not voting in order to suppress Democrat voting by saying, well, the real clear politics average of polls has the Republican far ahead. So there's no point in even bothering to show up if you're a Democrat. It's a bizarre sort of thing. It really is. You're sitting there and you're going, it's incredibly convoluted. It's incredibly weird. And okay, you know, if that's what you want to think, that's what you think. But then you look at it and you, you look at the, the individual polls. For example, Georgia was one of the things that they were sitting there because uh, Joy Reid, being a rabid racist, she, well, she's a Democrat, first and foremost. She hates the fact that 
Herschel Walker exists. She hates the fact that a black conservative would dare do anything. She's very much an enforcer of learn your place and stay in it, people who are not white. The Democratic Party is your home. They're saying that the polls are cooked up by Fox News, by Rasmussen, by Trafalgar, whatever, in order to suppress Democrat turnout. Well, if you look at the last polls, there's only one poll that has Raphael Warnock ahead. The average, by the way, the real clear politics average of polls is 1.4% in favor of Walker. That is polluted, if you really want to talk about polluting polling in order to have some sort of effect, that it's polluted by the one and only poll that has Raphael Warnock ahead. And that poll is by the New York Times. It's weird. Now, what's funny is you watch someone like Joy Reid talk about the polling and the perversion of polling for the average. And she cites literally, she says it without saying it, every poll that goes against a Democrat that shows a Democrat not doing well is a fake poll created expressly to screw up the average. Now, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution poll, certainly no right-wing institution, has uh, Herschel Walker up by one. The Daily Wire Trafalgar poll has Walker up by two. The Rasmussen poll has Walker up by five. And the Fox 5 Insider Advantage poll, whatever that is, uh, has Walker up by three. Now, these are all of likely voters. The New York Times-Siena poll, which, by the way, I believe was off in 2020 in Georgia by six or seven points in favor of Democrats at the time, but they they missed that. They were wrong. Uh, has Warnock up three. So if you really want to look at the perverting of the real clear politics average of polls, if that's what you're going to hang your hat on, then you have to look at what would be considered the outlier poll, which would be the New York Times poll. Go to Arizona, the Arizona governor's race. The Real Clear Politics average of polls has Carrie Lake up 3.8%. That makes sense if you've ever seen Katie Hobbs talk. You know, go, good Lord, how could anybody vote for this? And then you watch Carrie Lake and she is confident and she knows exactly what she believes. Katie Hobbs sounds like she's somebody who's terrified that the voters might find out what she believes. Keep that a secret. There is exactly one poll in this race that shows Hobbes ahead by just one, and it's the oldest poll that was conducted October 14th through October 18th. All the other polls have Lake up by anything from two points to 11 points. So, you can't really make that case if you're talking about people who are informed about what is going on. But MSNBC viewers are expressly misinformed about what is going on. Let's go over to Ohio just for fun, just for fun. Over there, there are two polls that show it tied and four polls that show J.D. Vance up by anywhere between four and two points. So the spread, the real clear politics average of polls is two points in favor of the Republican J.D. Vance. Again, a conspiracy theory says that this is all garbage, that these polls, many of these polls are created expressly to pervert the real clear politics average of polls. Now, Trafalgar 
is has Vance up by three. Data for Progress, a Democrat poll conducted at the same time, had Vance up by three. Boy, Republicans are so diabolical, they're even able to pervert and pollute Democrat polls. I don't know why. If uh, I went up against an opponent that politically powerful, I would probably not say anything about it. I'd be afraid to say anything about it. Now, another one of their darlings, good God, I can't believe it. I can't believe this guy comes back. It's, it's, he's butthead. He's really butthead. Beto O'Rourke down in Texas. There's still, I still get fundraising emails going, oh my God, Beto is so close. Beto is so close. The only poll that shows Beto anywhere close that has been conducted in the last month was a Univision and Shaw and Company poll. Univision being Democrat polling has Greg Abbott up by four. The margin of error is 2.6%. So best case scenario, Abbott is still up by 1.4 percentage points. All the other polling, including the most recent one, the University of Houston, which is most definitely not a right-wing institution, has Greg Abbott up by 13 points. The Hill newspapers poll has him up by nine points. The real clear politics average of polls is 9.2%. We'll find out in a week who's right and who isn't right, but it is very, very interesting that you have this situation where the Democrats are now claiming that polling is so perverted and polluted that you can't trust it, that Republicans are going into the field with polls for the express purpose of suppressing Democrat turnout. (laughs) No, if Democrat turnout is going to be low, if Democrat turnout is being suppressed, if Republicans really wanted to suppress Democrat turnout, all they'd have to do is run ads featuring the candidates Democrats nominated because they mostly repulse and repel the American public. They really do. Now, I want to play you this uh, Joy Reid audio because I find it hilarious. It's, it really is. She is going off the deep end. Now, why would you say this? Why would you, first of all, Joy Reid is a despicable human being. I say much worse things about her uh, when uh, I am not on doing this show. But that's only because she deserves them. She... Um, she is trying and the left is trying either to find because look if you are a democrat right now a committed democrat you're concerned about what's going to happen in one week from today you think my god those insurrectionist anti-american anti-democracy insurrectionists are going to take over it's going to be white supremacy from coast to coast and blah 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 it's it's so stupid it's even difficult to mock but that's what you think if you are a viewer of msnbc you're not a democrat you're a committed leftist nobody no real democrat no imagine a blue collar union guy works in a auto factory or whatever car it comes home after a day of work takes a shower because he worked up a nice lather and then pops a beer and sits down after dinner, eating some pot roast, sitting down watching some TV and flips on Joy Reid. That person is not watching Joy Reid. If you put on Joy Reid in their house, they go, what the hell is this crap? 
get this. And you watch it for five minutes and you're going, you do it kind of as a favor because your kid's home from college or whatever. And you just go, get God, get this crap away from me. Turn this off. This is garbage. This person is crazy. And you'd be right. That's not Joy Reid's audience. To the extent that she has an audience, it is like-minded conspiracy theorists who are talking to their macaroni and cheese, trying to figure out the best way to fight the patriarchy. That's who those people are. So this stuff flies with them. No matter how crazy it sounds to you, a normal person, it's right there in the sweet spot of yes to their audience. That being said, it's worth noting what's going on here. It's not because Joy Reid believes what she's saying. It's because what is the alternative for Joy Reid to do? Talk about how the wheels have come off for Democrats and things are not going well? Uh, Democrats should be concerned that after four years of propping up Stacey Abrams, the Real Clear Politics average of polls has Brian Kemp up 7.6 points. That it's well beyond the margin of error. There hasn't been a poll within the margin of error in the past month. That there isn't a single poll that shows Brian Kemp losing to Stacey Abrams. It's not to say that it's a done deal, but if you're trying to hearten the people who are uh, your viewers you can't report look we, we we blew a bunch of smoke up your butt for the last four years about stacy abrams and her popularity we pretended she was wildly popular and super smart and a wonderful candidate when in fa- and had the race stolen from her four years ago when in reality when given the chance for a do-over the people of Georgia recoiled in horror at the prospect. You can't say that because then they'd be sitting there going, wait a second. You mean you were lying to us for the last four years? Can't have that. So you end up in a situation where you have to come up with a way to justify what's going on and keep them on the hook. People who are already inclined to believe that evil Republicans are secretly controlling the world, that there is a cabal of white supremacists, that the entire society is structured on the house of cards that is white supremacy, that it is still somehow so powerful. See, MAGA is evil and a minority. Democrats, these are what Democrats say. It's a tiny minority of the American public. But somehow, this tiny minority of the American public is so powerful as to be able to rig elections and win elections, somehow, and keep the vast majority of the country, which is populated almost exclusively with progressives, if you're taking the MSNBC mindset, they're somehow able to override that. Even in areas and jurisdictions controlled by Democrats, Republicans are that damned powerful that they are able to influence votes. That's why it's not really that people like Republicans. It's that polling data is being cooked, and therefore that will shape the election because Democrats are just going to sit at home going, what's the point? That's the theory. I want you to listen to Joy Reid do it because when they come back after the election, they're going to go, wait a second. Stacey Abrams lost. You told us Beto O'Rourke lost. You told us that these people were were winning. You told us that these people were awesome, that these people were the best. And the polls were... Gar- no, 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 no. They cheated. Voter suppression. If voting was suppressed by these polls. They're trying to find a new way to, to blame loss. Now, what's weird is turnout has never been higher. Early voting 
in Georgia. Not even close. Voter suppression. There's sure a hell of a lot of people voting, record numbers of people voting for voter suppression, but that's beside the point. I'm not saying Joy Reid is right. I'm not saying Joy Reid is sane, and I would never say either of those things, and I would never say that she's a good person. All I'm saying is that this is what she's telling her audience, and this is why, and it is deserving of mocking. Here in the United States, we're a little over a week away from our own midterm elections. And if you believe the recent headlines, you would think that MAGA fascism is ascendant. If you get past those headlines and dig a little deeper, you uncover an insidious and seemingly intentional campaign by Republican-backed polling firms to flood the zone and tip the balance of polling averages in favor of their candidates to create a narrative that Republicans are surging and that a red wave is imminent and inevitable. Our friend and Democratic pollster Simon Rosenberg has been sounding the alarm for weeks about this wave of polling, noting that if the roughly 40 of the roughly 40 polls taken in key battleground states, more than half, half are from Republican firms or groups. Over the weekend, the New York Times released four new polls in key battleground states, which showed Democrats either in the lead or tied with their opponent. So why are their polls telling a different story? According to Nate Cohn of the New York Times, most of the polling over the last few weeks is coming from partisan outfits, usually Republican or auto-dial firms. These polls are cheap enough to flood the zone. And it shouldn't come as a total surprise, given that one of those polling gators, Real Clear Politics, has become more openly pro-Trump. Back in 2020, the New York Times noted that Real Clear Politics has taken a rightward, aggressively pro-Trump turn. It also pointed out that their polling averages seemed skewed in Trump's favor. <laughs> I mean, you got to admire the commitment to the craft. The craft is, uh, you know, carving out of BS, out of literal BS. So you you got to admire her commitment to that craft. But it is every bit as insane as anything you could possibly imagine. You're actually more sane, and there's likely more evidence to support the idea that Jackie killed JFK in that limo in Dallas than there is to support what she's saying there. See, when one poll shows one thing and every other poll shows something else, it is the poll that shows something else that is called what's called an outlier. Time will tell whether or not that poll really was incorrect or what, or if it was a, a harbinger of what's to come. It doesn't matter. We're a week away from finding out exactly what was going on. But, for example, in the Walker versus Warnock case, the only poll that shows Warnock ahead is that New York Times poll that Joy Reid gleefully cited, as it's true because it agrees with me. Every other poll. You're telling me that, again, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is some sort of right-wing outlet. No, it's not. But it doesn't matter. Facts don't have any place in this argument. Joy Reid isn't arguing to make sure that her viewers vote. There are so few of them as to barely be able to make a difference in a local race if they all lived in the same city. She's doing it so come after Election Day, if Republicans do win, if the polls do turn out to be true and Republicans win, 
that her audience won't come, you know, will come back, won't go away. If you look at after the last elections and after the, uh, particularly after the Mueller report, remember the Mueller report? After the Mueller report came out, CNN and MSNBC saw a significant drop. I think it was like 25% or so in their ratings for a while. Now, they come back because people come back, but there was a, a long period of time. They didn't really come back to CNN. But they largely came back to MSNBC because they got to go somewhere. And God knows they would never go to Fox because that would be horrible. But they don't want to. The reason they left is because they had been told, they had been promised, they had been sworn that Mueller was going to get Trump. That was as soon as Mueller comes in with that report. It's Trump. Trump's going to jail. Trump is going to be removed. Trump will be exposed. Trump, Putin, and uh, their sex tape is going to be exposed. It's going to be just a bad day for those damned Republicans. Can't wait. Give me the Mueller report. And it was nothing of the sort. It wasn't even close. Those people, their viewers, were demoralized and didn't want to look at news. And also there was a bit of, wait a second, for three years I watched Rachel Maddow and Chris Hayes and Larry O'Donnell swear to me that they had the goods on Trump. They had Adam Schiff on and Eric Swalwell and all the other lefties out there, Jamie Raskin, promising me up and down that they had the goods on Trump. It was only a matter of time. He was going to be exposed for the monster he is, for the colluder that he is, and he was going to be hauled out. He was going to be frog-marched out of the White House. And Mueller basically torpedoed everything. Now, he tried to word it in a way that it didn't, but the end result was undeniable. And Democrats were horrified. Committed progressives were demoralized, and they went away. Now, Joy Reid and the gang over at MSNBC, the gang that couldn't think straight, is trying to avoid that dip. In There's always going to be a dip post-elections. People get heightened interest before an election, and then afterwards they go, all right, well, now I know that happened. I'm going to go back about my business. They, then they come back to news. Uh, they're worried about losing the core of people, the core of people who, no matter what, will watch that garbage. They're afraid, they're terrified, they're going to be discovered as saying, wait a second, you were lying to me again. You were lying to me again. How the hell is this is not cool? Yes, they were lying to you again. That's how it works. And then you go away from them. But if they've preconditioned you to think that the results are cooked while well, they've got you on the hook for another election cycle because you've got to stick around and find out how it is to combat this pernicious new form of voter suppression through what through garbage polls apparently to throw off the real clear politics average of polls i don't know who goes you know what i was going to vote but now that i've seen the real clear politics average of polls and know that uh the the race is a foregone conclusion i'm not going to vote i don't think that happens very often i could be wrong about that but i highly doubt it yet when you've got nothing else any port in a storm or anything that floats when you're flailing around in the water you will grasp onto the thinnest of straws it's just bizarre to me that these people exist and the saddest the saddest part of it all Literally the saddest part of it all 
is there is a decent percentage of the MSNBC viewing audience on which this will work. That's the saddest thing of it all. I do want to, since we're talking about people being demoralized, uh, this story is um, along those lines. CNN employees are being demoralized. The New York Post. CNN's newsroom is in the midst of a morale crisis as top boss Chris Licht leads a cost-cutting overhaul at the network, according to a report. Some employees have complained about a, quote, crisis of communication, end quote, at CNN under Licht's leadership, with workers learning of major changes or announcements with little or no notice from upper management before they surface in the press, the Daily Beast reported. The latest instance involved longtime CNN journalist Jim Shuto, who is expected to return to the air after going on personal leave following a mysterious incident in Amsterdam. Hmm. CNN employees are reportedly, quote, pissed that Shuto is regaining his on-air position even as the network braces for a round of layoffs. Wonder what he did over in Amsterdam. There's all sorts of things you can do in Amsterdam that are problematic. Shudo faced an internal investigation at CNN after he reportedly suffered a serious fall during a stop in Amsterdam. The incident occurred after Shudo and an unnamed producer stopped in Amsterdam on the way home from reporting a trip to cover the war in Ukraine, though other colleagues who made the trip took direct flights home from Poland. Huh. The Daily Beast reported that Shudo's executive producer and other staffers learned about his looming return only after CNN's reliable sources media newsletter rather than through direct communication from Licht and Top Brass. Now, I love this. I love it when people who work at a place, they demand to know what's going on about things that don't involve them directly. Now, if it's your job online, sure, you should be told. But if it's somebody else's job or programming, it's none of your damn business. That's not your job. You blog on their website or whatever you do. Whatever it is you do, unless it is holding Jim Shudo's hand or producing Jim Shudo's show, you don't have any say over this. Now, what was Jim Shudo doing in Amps? Why would anybody go to... If you're over in Europe and you're reporting and it's, you just want to get home, you take the direct flight. If you're over in Europe and you're going, hey, while I'm over in Europe, why don't we go have some fun in Amsterdam? Then you fly to Amsterdam. That might be worth noting. And the fact that CNN employees are kind of pissed off about this would make you think that uh, maybe Jim Shudo has a... You can tell if... If somebody's an Amsterdam guy or not, you can generally tell if somebody's an Amsterdam guy or not. Maybe they believe that. I don't know what's going on over at CNN, but I sure as hell enjoy watching it all sort of shake up and fall apart. And they're being horrified at the prospect of having to do journalism again, or actually for most of them, for the very first time. Couldn't happen to a, a nicer group of people. We are out of time for today. Anyway, that seems like about enough, doesn't it? But don't worry. We'll be back tomorrow to do it all over again because the news never stops. We're a week away from Election Day. Vote early and often. 